We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We're recording this Thursday morning. The Yankees took the series in Tampa. And, you know, it was actually a good series win because a couple of comebacks in the, in the in those two games, the pitching was not elite like it's been pretty much all season, aside from Cole, who definitely was elite, but Cortez and, and Monty, not as much. But they 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 somehow some way found a way to win. Huh? You know, I, I tweeted that uh, I was being a little facetious because this is a small sample size still, but it's a large enough sample size for me to uh, take take a leap. I think, but Jose Trevino really might be Brian Cashman's greatest achievement. You know, what people ever of all time, forever and ever. ever? Yeah, don't even <laughs> talk to me about two thousand nine because that's I'm not putting that on there. The uh, People were talking a little bit about uh, about Holmes as as the, That's not bad. the the greatest achievement. Yeah. Okay. Let's put that in perspective. Do you want a starting All Star catcher coming out of absolutely nowhere off the trash heap for someone that you got back later in the season, or a guy that is yes dominant in the in the closer spot? But how many people have we seen in the bullpen get, become dominant for a year or two and then disappear? How many times can you pull a Starting catch, starting an all-star caliber starting catcher with that's the best def, in uh, defensive catcher in the league, off of a traffic trash heap and get for absolutely nothing and get immediate dividends. That does not happen ever, 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 ever. This is such a rarity <laughs> that it needs to be you know like spotlighted on how rare this is. It's crazy. His OPS is up to eight seventeen, and he's got a one thirty four OPS plus. As you said, he's he's elite levels as far as defense goes. Top framer in the league. That cannot be understated on how much that impacts the pitching staff positively. And he's yeah. getting big big clutch hits like these are really huge hits that he's coming through with these aren't yeah. these aren't eight rod home runs in the eighth inning when you're already up no. by six runs these are need them to win the game nut hits. up moments time after time after time this guy and again like to re just to drive home this point catchers are coveted in in on every single team throughout all of the, the development Maybe the levels, most coveted position probably the most coveted 
when you see a guy like uh, like the Adley Rushman, the the uh, catcher for the um, the Orioles, who's now up, like this guy is like the savior coming in. You have a catcher that can not only be an elite defender, but then also be a a very solid, if not uh, you know better than average, stronger, strongly better than I don't even know what you qualify this as. He's been but he's in, been uh, elite offensively too. 30, 134 OPS, especially from a catcher. Is I, I can't elite. even take myself seriously saying he's an elite offensive catcher, but it's true. But, I mean, the numbers are showing. Okay, that. fine. Maybe you don't believe that's going to continue throughout the season. But he doesn't have to be elite offensively. He's a plus offensive catcher right now. Yeah, that's yeah. just that's that's being conservative. He, you don't find this. This does not happen. This does not happen. You look at look in the history books of of catchers. Logan Groom. Can you look up on Fangraphs leaderboard um, by position where the Yankees catching tandem ranks in the league? Because I would venture to guess it's got to be top five in baseball as far as production total production goes. Like even though Higgy has not produced offensively until lately. When he's hit a couple bombs, uh, overall the Yankees catching position has to be one of the most valuable in baseball. Yeah, over the last month, Hickey's been producing as well. So I mean, the numbers will definitely be weighted down from the beginning of the year. Yeah, but you look but, at the last thirty days, and and he's going to be up there with production for some starting catchers across the league. To be honest, with the amount of home runs he's hit, right, right, and you know about Cashman, that's a catching is another position that he has been had more success at than other positions like just think about the number of of catchers that have been in the yankee system and then gone on to either contribute at the major league level or been traded for assets to other teams and then gone on to have you know careers or not careers like even i mean the jock careers well francisco cervelli had a career yeah he was he was more of a a casualty of what this of what their roster and the system was, uh, rather than them. Also, Gary Sanchez screwed a lot of things up because they had they had him, you know, in their frame. So, I mean, I I could tell you I could go the complete opposite way from what you're saying and just look at Gary Sanchez and how long we spent on that and for him not to pan out was a, you know, it, uh, that was a problem. That was, was a long term problem. It, they were chasing the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they got high on their own supply in in 16 yeah. and 17, and they were chasing that for the rest of the time Sanchez was with the team. But even, even if we're looking at Cashman saying this, like I could hear people arguing to me also uh, on this point. Cashman went out and got Jose Trevino, which was the reason they got him was because he was an elite defender. That was the reason they got him, and an elite framer, and that was the belief of the system. The fact that he's turned into this offensive uh, catcher. I don't know if you can go and give Cashman that credit because I'm not so sure that they were targeting that. It's more so the development of, of, of him. You know, I don't know, even know who you credit that. Do you, do you look at, do you look at, uh, is Hensley is Bam Bam Hensley Mullins. The reason why he's, he's doing so well is, is, uh, you know, the, just the adjustments that he made over time, maturation reps. I don't know, but the fact that he's turned into this offensive guy as well is just, you know, it's a chef's kiss. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It really is to to his credit, uh, how he's developed. Um, just a, it's an anomaly. You don't you don't see it very often, if ever. Yankees catching tandem is eleventh in baseball with a WRC plus of of ninety five. But uh, honestly, a lot of that is because Higgy was so terrible for the first right. month and a half of the season. Like absolute, it's going to be weighted down. Absolute zero. But uh, over, he was getting a lot more time too. Overall, they are fourth in baseball as far as just like ke- catching value. Is that is that what that means, Logan? More? Yeah. So, what really props them up from going from like eleventh in offense to fourth overall is they have, um, 
I think it's 15 def- uh, defensive runs saved, is which is which is uh, just about three more than the next in all of MLB. Framing, framing I, think, I think Gary Sanchez gave up 15 runs when we played the Twins uh, with pass balls. Framing obviously is a huge factor there, and uh, we have even shit on the advanced defensive metrics, especially the advanced catching defensive metrics like framing. But clearly, I mean, it was without a doubt an emphasis they made this offseason, and it is working. It is absolutely working. The only reason I shit on framing is because it's kind of a ridiculous stat in the in the sense that you're you're you're, you're we're looking at a stat and how how you're tricking the umpire behind yeah. behind uh, behind the catcher. Yeah, it's just it's when you think about the actual root of the stat, it's a little it's a little crazy. Because if well, they, they gotta go get to, their framing, they got to get their framing in before robot umps come in. And that's what I'm saying. If they go to if they go to robot umps, if the umpire if the strike zone is true, framing means nothing. It means nothing, right? Because um, it's after well, yeah, it's no, the, true, the true, batter doesn't get true. affected. It, it literally means nothing in if theory. there's a true strike zone. In theory, if there's a true strike zone, framing means dick. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's why it's in such theory. a crazy stat to think about. But I mean, still, and pitcher catcher comfort still is a factor, sure. despite framing. But if you're if you're making this an organizational thing and you're and you're like and you're you're prioritizing framing, it's kind of a it's a little bit of a, a, a crazy scheme. Because if they do ever go to a true strike zone, and and I mean robots, like a true strike zone, meaning like if it hits a position, it is it is what it is. Then framing means absolutely nothing. And now, and now I don't you're, think you're teaching worse. I don't think we're close to frame. To, I don't think we're close to that either. Arms, so I don't though. think it's very. It's a it's a relatively safe bet, essentially, because understanding that there will be human umpires for a bit here, they have to test it in the minor leagues for three years. But um, it's just it's a crazy thing to think about. Yeah, it would it would obviously negate so much of what Trevino's value has been this year, but he is providing value in many other many other ways. So yeah, yeah we we leading another show with, with the legend of Jose Trevino. It, it's pretty amazing. But that was that was such a great comeback uh, last night because yeah. Mo- Monty was was not good. He gave up the most hits and most runs in a single start all season for him. And, and but like, he battled. I was looking at his game logs like. And Mabin was talking about this on the on the um, broadcast. Like, uh, uh, are, you, are you about to give credit to Mabin? I gotta close my window because they're cutting down a tree uh, in my neighbor's house, and it sounds like I'm in the middle of a lumber yard. So, so many starts where he's gone. Like, look at this between two two runs or less in all but three of his starts. I, I mean, it's like really kind of flown under the radar that he's just been. He's, as Maben said, been been like the the steady in that rotation, hasn't gotten a lot of the the praise. No, he's 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 definitely steady. He 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 is exactly what you want uh, at a at a three four guy. You want someone who's going to get you through, get you eat some innings up, save the save the bullpen a bit, and um and and turn that turn that rotation over again. He's been awesome. And I, I look, I. I I've said this in the past. I love it. <laughs> I love it when I see a pitcher that doesn't have his best stuff grind through a a start and still give their team an opportunity to win. And that's exactly what he did. You know, you you look at years past. Monty is pulled in the fourth inning, probably. You know, he's probably pulled in the in the fourth inning when he gets in any trouble. But there's a tolerance now because of where the team is, because of where the bullpen is, the way the rotation is, the way that the offense has come back, and and the um, the sheer will of this team. There's a tolerance to let people fight through things, and I think that's. That's a that's such a tremendous attribute for this team, and it's going to pay dividends deep in the season. 
uh, for, for them when they face even more adversity at high times. If they could battle through something like that, that's a really good, a really good attribute to have. Um, and he did it to his credit. He did not have his best stuff. No, he pitched, he pitched the, the sixth inning and, and, uh, and more Trevino, the, the pickoff at third base was huge. For, oh, beautiful. For, for it was a time play. It was a great play. I mean, we, people will complain about Donaldson, but Donaldson's defense is, 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 is up there. He's, but that could have potentially, he's, he's got saved, the acumen, man. He's there. That could have potentially saved the, the game and the outing for, for sure. Did you see the way Donaldson slid across the bag exactly the way he did it with Tim Anderson? <laughs> that's just his move man he just puts that leg right in front of the bag so you can't get to it nobody says you can't block third base on the on the way back was it walls it was walls that got was it walls that got picked at third uh yeah i, I think, think it was. was yes i wonder if he I wonder if he called him anything <laughs> on, his, on his way by <laughs> you know i don't know what he called him but uh he had no clear path to that back is he really is donaldson block. logan really the highest drs from third base this season or is that the yankees total Yankees total, so him and DJ wow. combined. <laughs> and that's after. That's a little. How many, what's but what's the sample? Because DJ, I mean DJ's all over the damn place. No, it's total total combined at third base. When when whoever's playing third base for the Yankees, their aggregate defensive run save. Got it. At that position, and, and that's after DJ <laughs> DJ almost blew the game, uh, the first game of the series with a with a a bad yeah, throw. That's his first blunder. I think that was his first error of the year, right? Going. It's like a glitch in the matrix. Whenever DJ Lemayhu makes a mistake like that, I'm like, I'm almost yeah. like, wait, I gotta rewind it because I don't believe this actually happened. Right? Yeah, it was somebody else's fault. Whose fault was it? It had to have been like the ball was scuffed. Something the was, ball was, was cut. Was, yeah, there was a weird wind that went through the trop, or some, something happened because that, that yeah. can't be true. Yeah. But to are you worried at all about Nestor? Because this is now three out uh, two out of three bad starts. The the start the most recent one gave up six hits, four runs to Tampa in four and a third. I think it was a tough spot for him because three of his last five starts have come against Tampa, and this is the first one that he he really got hit in. But he also got hit in Minnesota uh, two weeks ago when he last started. Uh, uh, Isak. I keep calling him Isaac. Isak Paredes hit hit three bombs, um, and and Cortez allowed the back to back to start the game. So, are you worried at all? I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not worried about anything on this team right now. Uh, as far as looking at hit, how he's trending, it's there's definitely more of a book on him. I mean, but he's been so good for so long, going back even to the second half of last year, and and what he's what he's done. This is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's baseball, Susan. You're going to come down from the top at some point. It's going to happen. You can't stay at the top, especially when you're 5'10 and you weigh 210 pounds or whatever he weighs, and then you lefty that throws 92 miles per hour. Like, you can't stay at the top forever. You're going to find some areas where you're not you're not at your top, you're not at your best stuff, and people are going to hit you. Because they're, you, now that you've been seeing enough, he's been seeing a good amount across yeah. the league consistently now. So the the batters, it's definitely their turn to... To, to turn it up against him. it's I'm curious to see now in the second half of the year, as we get closer to that, how does Nestor Cortez adjust to, to sustain his success throughout the rest of the year um, against the AL East, who were you know, obviously fighting uh, more, uh, more of these tougher battles, I think, against them. Uh, but as the season goes on and the, and the schedule gets a little tougher, how does Nestor make that next adjustment? How does, how does Matt Blake also make that next adjustment? I'm, I'm watching that like a hawk because I think it's very interesting. He got zero swings and misses on his cutter in that game. Not great. And and you know the the sad thing for me is it looks like he's pitching his way out of the All Star game. Well, maybe 
maybe he he hangs on. He's not starting the All Star game, but um, again, you could pl- you could pick any one of these guys to to be there. So the Yankees almost came back, though. I mean, <laughs> another almost comeback with Marwin and then Judge pinch hitting, uh, hitting the ball to the warning track. Um, so it was almost three for three on comebacks because the night before they had to come back and pick up Clay Holmes, who apparently we jinxed after talking about his thirteen. I mean, did you see how it happened? Come on. The the way the way it when went down. You don't down give up a run and then ridiculous. you give up a run for the first time since opening day. I don't know what what else to call it. Other than he was jinx. still sawing bats in half, and they were just so happened, you know, yeah. so happened to find some some uh some open area that you couldn't make a play i mean it was it was they were all seeing eye um i wouldn't call it damage necessarily but yeah it was a little unlucky for for a couple cue shots for for him but that's a game that could have easily been a a big letdown and the yankees just fold late because you Uh had cole taking the no hitter deep into the game into the eighth inning he gives that up and you not only give up the no hitter you give up the lead that's that's backbreaking. But they came back immediately. Hicks comes back immediately with a massive hit. Massive hit. The team does. I mean, I I look at that win at that loss, and I'm like, it it actually fired me up when they uh, when I look back at the game because of how they came back and like you know five feet away from from Judge uh, hitting that home run and going back to back to tie the game. Like that would have been unbelievable if that actually if that ball went out. And for a second, it definitely it definitely did. You could tell that, you know, he didn't get it on the meat of the bat. But um, my God, did he put a good, good uh, a good swing on that thing? So yeah, I I love the fight of this team. I really do. It just proves that, and it and it puts that in the back of everybody's mind now. No matter what, do not count this team out. And when and when you have that in your head as an opponent, that's that's a that's a mind f. If if I you know you know that this team, uh, that kid, uh, what's his last name? The the closer that was given up for Tampa. He looked shook. Like the look on his face, he was just like, "Oh my God, what is going?" Marwin Gonzalez just went deep on me. Who sometimes when I see like Blake too fast, I see Gary Sanchez. I don't know if anybody else does that. Like he just kind of looks like him with a helmet on. It looks looks like who? Gary Sanchez. Marwin oh, Gonzalez. I haven't I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah I've double I mean, I've maybe double if, double take a couple times. Maybe if Marwin puts on like fifty pounds. Well, I think Marwin kind of has put on some pounds, and I think that's why he's looking more like Gary Sanchez. <laughs> um, but. uh He's using that ass to his advantage and hitting the ball in the park, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> you gotta be yeah. mean and mean to play shortstop, though. When when he um, when Judge put the swing on the ball, I I, I thought it was uh, had a chance to go, but I, I love yeah. I mean, Judge Judge did too. He 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 looked he surprised. It. Yeah, but like he looked surprised when he was rounding first base and it got caught. Like he was like, he was just pissed not surprised. He knew he didn't but get yeah, it. maybe he was just pissed he didn't get it. The, the the Monday game though is huge coming off that blow that blown game in Toronto. And we talked like I was actually looking forward to seeing how the team responded to that blown loss in Toronto. And they responded great. And they responded great again with the blown lead in after the blown loss. Like like yeah. these little tests throughout the season that they keep passing is is more evidence that this team is legit. I mean, I guess if people are still looking for if this team is legit, I, I don't know if there still are. I no. I know I still like to see these little tests be passed, though, because those are the sorts of things that can materialize for an October run is, okay. you thought your starting pitcher was just going to shove and and you were going to win this game uh, on that. That that went wrong. That went awry. Now, how do you respond and win this game? And they've they've done this. They've done this like 50 different 50 different ways. I know already. Already. So yeah, these little tests are definitely um, character tests. They build it. They build that character and, and build that. 
I think that level of toughness for um, uh, different moments later in the season. So yeah, I, I, similar to how I, I, I look at Jordan Montgomery walking out there with with not his best stuff, but battling through, uh, you know, a bulk of the game to not only alleviate the the bullpen, but but keep his team in the game and allow the offense to do their thing, which they did. So and I love the fact that his guy Trevino got his back. Just boom, bam. And we were looking bam. at bam. We were looking at some judge stats before we started recording. Um, uh, so he he sat. We're going to talk about position player rotation uh, uh, coming up in this episode and just how they've shuffled the lineup to keep everyone, uh, you know, keep everyone healthy. I guess give guys rest. But Judge had had not sat for a long time. He sat on Tuesday for the first time since April thirtieth, and he had been in a little slump. So maybe that rest helped him because he bounces back with 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 some home runs. But we were looking at it. He's got 27 home runs this year. 21 of them are solo home runs. It seems like an absorbent amount of solo home runs. So he's only got 52 RBIs. Like, I'm not even necessarily criticizing him because if you look at his OPS split, He can't, he can't, uh, he can't uh, control who's on base? Well, his OPS with runners on base, 885, which is great. His OPS with bases empty, uh, over 1,000, 1042, which is obviously even better. Um, but they've got to get him up with, with guys on base more. If he's, if he's going to be hitting 60 home runs this year, you can't have 43 of them be solo home runs. Like you got to get some more two run, three run home runs out of them. I mean, that, that also comes with batting in the two spot. I mean, that's kind of the whole, you go back to the old adage of, of you put your power guys at that, you know, uh, four or five spot is because in theory, you're getting more people on base that have the ability to get on base. Your higher on base people are in front of them so that they're setting the table. Like that, that is factor, the way baseball definitely. has been structured for a very long time. And it's if a you factor, don't do that, but, but it's a it's piece not of it. The only it's, it also, it also depends on, on the, to me, what this, what this also shows is how they're approaching him. There'll be more, the pitchers, the other team will be more aggressive with Aaron Judge when there's nobody on base. They have the sure. ability to do that because a solo shot is, you know, not, not as obviously damaging as with anybody on base. So it, it certainly goes to the way that the opposing team attacks Aaron Judge, uh, given the circumstances of who's on base and who's not. He also came up with the bases loaded, struck out. He's now one for eight with the bases loaded. He's got three sack flies. So it's like, yes, he did. Oh, hit Judge the is not clutch. Judge is not clutch. No, not saying that because this year he has been, like I just said, 885 OPS with runners on base. That's yes. good. That's very good. If his OPS was 558 with runners on base, we'd have a problem, but it's not. So I'm not Randy, not Randy Levine's like, so one for eight with the bases loaded, <laughs> that's, huh? That's, that will <laughs> definitely come up on Friday in, our, in his arbitration. One case. for eight. Definitely. That's not very good. <laughs> Although you can't use this year's stats. So that that's judge's retort. Is... You close the gap in your teeth. That makes you a little less marketable. Huh, Aaron? <laughs> that was an interesting decision. What, how many home runs does judge need to have at the all-star break to where it's like a serious chasing Roger Maris situation? I mean, I know he's already on pace for it, but it's still only June. So if it's July 18th or whenever the all-star game is, what's the home run number he's got to be at? Oh, I don't know. What's the pace number? It's whatever the pace number is. You it'd gotta probably be, be like he probably has to be, be above like, the pace number because in you know as as uh, seasons go on, that pace that pace number probably slows down in August and September. There's also fewer games in the quote unquote second half of the year. The All Star right. break so is that's, not. I mean, the pace accounts for that, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, it does. I don't know. I feel like, but you you almost have to be above pace, like you were saying. Yeah, like I agree. He's got to be at 38 home runs or something to to, I think us to really talk about it seriously 
Yeah. Do we know where Maris was pa- was pacing at this time? Like uh, that would we'd be figure that out. Yeah, that would well, be. Well, if I remember back to the Billy Crystal movie '61, wasn't Roger Maris struggling in the in the beginning of the of the season? So I think he picked it up around mid-season summer. That's I, an interesting that's number accurate. to look at. Actually, that would be a good graphic to put out. Is the pacing number of of uh, of Maris? Look at pa- his pacing number. Look at Bonds' pacing number. Even McGuire's pacing oh, number. Bo- Bonds and McGuire. They're, they're I'm at just like curious, 50 you know, home just runs to see where right they were, now. But to see where they were pacing right now, because I mean, if you think about Bonds and McGuire, I I don't remember exactly you know w- when the home runs were coming. But if you if you have a uh, a nice little healthy aid like a steroid or something or HGH, anything like that, in theory, your numbers wouldn't decline as much as the right. other guys. So therefore, your, McGuire your, said, that's why your front, your back end of the season is going to be just as powerful. Yep. Logan. So I just, um, I just pulled up Roger Marius's game log from 1961. So their season started on April 11th mm-hmm. and through June 23rd, he had exactly 27 home runs. Oh baby. Yeah. But that's fewer games because they started April 11th, right? Oh, the Yankees. 67 oh, games, but, but the Yankees started, the Yankees started April 7th, I right, believe. Because of the lockout. Of, uh, the lockout. Yeah. Um, you know what might end up screwing Judge is like all of those doubleheader makeups and stuff later in the season that he's definitely not going to play both both games in. Like yeah. he, might, he might get screwed on, on some extra days off uh, there. The, uh, I remember from the 98 season, Sosa hit like 22 home runs in June or something, something silly. Like that's when he took off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that'd be that'd be a cool graphic. We got Ilya on the recording too to look at to look at the uh, the different the different home run pacing pace. for pacing for yeah beginning of July even because the All Star break changes year to year. Where where July on? Where's the pacing number? That's interesting. Yeah, and um, they had Glaber start at shortstop for the first time all season with oh, IKF baby. banged up. But what, what he's what got so your, much confidence right now. Just do it. You know. What was your nerve level one to ten? going into that i was not i was not nope. actually no because i i think he's playing at a different level right now he's playing he so if you have that much this much confidence and you're playing at second base like going over to short i don't think he's going to negate your confidence at this point you know where your position is you're just filling up you're filling up the gap uh for for Did someone you see the stat logan just put in our chat oh flavors oh, oh. shortstop <laughs> Stat, you get numbers don't lie baby immediately oh, i'm a bad baseball player <laughs> i cannot live on this side of second base uh that's <laughs> obviously we're kidding but at the same time are we we don't know we'll find out do we need to look at like uh when he shifts as well see what those numbers are look like oh when they do the infield yeah shift. when he shifts over it's, to the other side like it's anytime like, draws, it's like field of dreams if he crosses that line he becomes an old man yeah, his 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 body compass is thrown off when by the second base bag. <laughs> like whatever whatever the magnet my magneticism across the second base bag, it's just he can't he gets all out of whack. Yeah, he's praying for them to abolish this shift yeah. so that he can't go to that other side. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So one of the things I wanted to look at for this episode was how the Yankees are rotating their position players. Because I think, you know, for if we're talking about something Boone has done well, I think that is something he's done well, is is make up the lineup to get guys. Like, clearly they have a plan, right? Like, it's been established that Stanton doesn't play the outfield more than two days in a row. Doesn't seem like Donaldson plays third base more than three days in a row. They They do have a plan. But it's about keeping all of the pieces getting in their regular action within that plan that Boone has been able to do. And part of it is it's easier to do when one, guys have stayed healthy, knock on wood, two, guys have been performing. So it's not like you have to bench a guy because, I mean, they have in certain certain instances, but it's like, you know, Glaber has been performing. So you don't have to bench him. And then shift around DJ to second base, which then forces your hand at third base. It's like, so they've gotten some consistent performances out of players that we needed it from, or else some things could have gone bad. So if you look at the most commonly used lineup, uh, it's actually an even split between Higgy and Trevino at 34 games. It's Rizzo, obviously, 61 games at first base. Glaber, 51 games at second. Donaldson, 32 games at third base, although DJ's just behind him at 28. IKF, 60 games at short. Gallo, 33 in left. Hicks, 33 in center, although Judge has 32 in center. And Stanton, 27 right. I was actually surprised at that number, like that Stanton's been pretty much splitting time evenly between DH and, and right field. Judge, 24 in center, and then Stanton, 26 at DH. We're seeing trends where Judge is playing a lot more center field. Trevino, I think, is starting more frequently than Higgy, so that will creep up. But otherwise, it's been it's been pretty consistent. Yeah, I I, I think that again, Boone's done a really good job with managing these guys. Obviously, there is a plan in place with how they're going to um, approach. I, I'm I'm curious to see as the season moves on. You know, when you get into the later months. Does Donaldson start playing more third consistently just to get uh, that rhythm going into the playoffs? Um, are we, you know, what happens at the trade deadline? Is Joey Gallo still on this team? Uh, does does Stanton, you know, become practically the the um, the right fielder, uh, you know, and, and making sure because the, the Yankees have a little bit of flexibility at that point. If they're looking to add a bat, they could they could do it in a number of ways to to add a bat if they needed to um, with with the ability of Stanton uh, playing right field as he is. So I I love it. So I if think- you're ta- but if you're talking about Gallo moving gallo at yeah. the deadline yeah for what purpose other than clearing up a roster spot what's the purpose just to, to you're, you're not getting assets back that are going to help you this year well it depends i think if you're taking on a little bit of salary you you could and i think that some teams are desperate to get rid of of especially when people that are not in the race if you're taking on some salary it could it could literally be like an nba salary dump type type move depending on how much the yankees have uh to play with 
he's just not a fit, man. Like that's that's the at the end of the day, that's that's it. He's just not a fit. So the Yankees have to look at this very and I it's so funny how many Twitter people come at you when Joey Gallo hits a home run after things that you've said, okay, wait a week, bro. Like wait a week, because the numbers will go back to exactly where he's been. There's no changing this guy. Michael Kay went on a big rant about this uh yesterday or the day before on his on his show. Like Maben has said it. Uh O'Neill was talking about this. If he wanted to make adjustments and shift and and change, everybody at the major league level could, is what these guys are saying. He's just not doing it because I he didn't doesn't agree want with them about that. It. I didn't agree with them about that. Well, I think if you're a major league hitter and you can go back to ball when you're coming when when you're when you've gone this far, you can certainly make some adjustments and improve what you're doing. You can certainly do it. You absolutely So what can. they're saying is Joey Gallo, if he wanted to could just try and be a little bit more of a contact hitter and poke some balls through the third base hole that that is non-existent. He's got the skill and level to to make changes. So then why hasn't he done it? Committed he to is changes. now he is one because the, because step because away the league doesn't from, the, the league doesn't give you the um the dividends to make the change. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't encourage you to do that. But at this point at this point he is one step away from not playing. Okay, they've all but taken him out of the lineup against left-handed hitters, left-handed pitchers. They're they're batting him ninth. Okay, he is not. He's barely now a contributor to the Yankees. You don't think if he's like, oh, let me just try and poke a few to left field to get my average from one seventy to two fifteen, just so it's a little bit more respectable and a little bit more contribution to this lineup, especially if he comes up with nobody on base or if he comes up with 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 a guy and you're and you're trying to move some runners or something. You don't think he would, if he could, he he would have done that by now. No, because I think that it just he believes that it disrupts his entire flow, and that if he tries to do that, it's going to throw off his power. And if he doesn't have his power, then he has nothing. So I think he's like, I got to double down on what I do have because I don't do it very often and I have to do it occasionally for them to to see. Uh, because I don't, do I think he could do the other thing consistently? No, I don't think he could do the other thing consistently. I think he's got to, not, especially not in season. Not in season. So then You're what, not making what are those adjustments in season necessarily. What are O'Neill and Mabin and Kay talking about then? Like, oh, they're saying that, oh, he might be able to bunt a couple of the third base. That's not going to change the defensive alignment. They're more speaking you? to the, they're more speaking to the, the, the hard-headedness of the player where in the offseason you're refusing to get better at other things you're refusing to in- improve your game you look at Joey Gallo and his his the back of his baseball card looks pretty similar he's a home run guy he's an all or nothing guy he's a true outcome guy and that's that's what he is he has not committed himself to being better than that that's what he is so maybe he's the just, funny thing is that's, that- that's what I am that's what I will be that's what got me here so I'm not going to change that because if I do try to change that, if I deviate from that, something that I've never done, who knows? I, I will end up on the scrap heap even faster. The funny thing is, like, if they do abolish the shift, it's not even going to help Joey Gallo because he doesn't make any fucking contact. Right. You got to make contact. <laughs> Joey Gallo doesn't actually get affected hurt by that. You. Yeah. <laughs> well, Donaldson splits left field versus right field because he's been playing a lot more right field, maybe to try and get him comfortable, are slightly better. Gallo, he's you mean? Got in- you said Donaldson. <laughs> I meant Gallo. Gallo in left field has a 639 OPS in 116 at-bats, and in right field, a 742 OPS in 51 at-bats. Oh, baby. So maybe it's creeping up. <laughs> okay. So that's 16 batting average. Yeah. It's lighting the world on fire. My goodness. He's like, all I, all I can do Pete is a Rose would kill himself. 
<laughs> he's just like he Adam Dunn about Joey Gallo. Adam Dunn is like now a shrine on some of these guys' walls. Like I am trying to get to Adam Dunn level at this point. We look. Remember when we looked up Aaron, uh, Adam Dunn's stats and his batting average was like two fifty. <laughs> I don't remember Joey Gallo. Yeah. yeah. He's Logan or Ilya. Can you look up career average batting average for later for in his Dunn career? He was quick? certainly around the Mendoza line. There's no doubt. I'm talking. I'm talking career average, baby. Joey Gallo would give his left nut to hit career average of Adam Dunn. Well, apparently he wouldn't because he's being very stubborn in the fact that he doesn't need to. Two thirty seven. Two thirty seven. Yeah, that was way down at the end of his career. The last five years, there's no way he was sniffing that. He was around two hundred. Okay, but that means earlier in his career he was probably hitting two sixty. Maybe. Going uh, deeper into some of these some of these um, <clears throat> splits here, we've got some pretty stark splits for Stanton and Donaldson when they play the field versus DH. So Stanton, when he's out in right field, he's got a, a .284 batting average, .346 on base, a .526 slugging. That's an .872 OPS. When he's DHing, he's got a .220 average, .319 OBP. 460 slugging for a 779 OPS. And as we said, he's pretty much even time between right field and DH. <laughs> Clearly, he's a better hitter when he's playing the field. And he's he's even said that. Yeah. We, we we saw this last year too. I mean, when he he's a baseball player, man. Once he gets in the rhythm of the game, he he's able to produce at a higher level. I mean, just look at those throws that he made from right field as well. Like this guy made really good, took really good angles of the ball, cut the ball off, got to it made strong throws on two of them, and the ball beat the runner each time uh, last night. And, you know, he's he's he, when he's there, he's a very good defender also. So what do you do? How, how do you manage? Do you continue to just split the time and then say, we're splitting your time, and then obviously when it comes time to October, you're playing in right field every day? I think they're going to get close to that, yeah, because you don't have very many back-to-back days when you're in the in the playoffs. So your your or any some but no you do have back to back days Couple. like whenever whenever you're playing in that t- yeah the you have travel days you don't have days off in between games this is in the NBA taking week I'm, and a half I'm, between games three being, and four I've been watching way too much NBA to to think about everything else they'll play on Sunday and then they'll play again next May that that's how the no NBA but there's plays. definitely more rest when you get to the playoffs there's I mean just uh, in general you have sure. the ability to rest more so you you can you can be more uh, you could throw a guy out there more consistently because of that so yeah i don't know that's the thing like you i think what they're here's the problem here's the 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 non-problem problem if you will hear me out joey gallo is not a problem for this team right now it's he's just not a problem because the team overall is absorbing you know the deficiencies of the team the 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 overall positives from from the the aggregate of this team are are by far outweighing anything that's negative so he's not a problem He's he can play defense. He's a good defender. He's not a, a a problem. He's not what we want offensively. He's not a great fit. So I think that they could ride this out for a while and still do what they want to do with Stanton because it's you know in th- if the load management this is part of this load management and they're and they just increased it from what last year is they do need that other guy to go out there. They need a warm body to go out there and and fill that void so that later in the year they can rely on this person more. So he's not necessarily a problem. But he's not a solution, and he's not a part of the solution, I don't think, when you look at the postseason and how the roster would shake out. Joey Gallo has DH one time this year. If Joey Gallo is not DHing, your best lineup does not have Joey Gallo in the in the your best 
your best, uh, the guys that you throw out on, on a given day to, to put your best uh, players on the field does not include Joey Gallo. So you're looking then I at that. I think it includes him if you are DHing Joey Gallo. That's my point. He's not a DH, so you don't look at him. You have to look at him as an outfielder. And if Stanton is the is the best um, uh, available at that at that point to be in the outfield, offensively and defensively, then Joey Gallo doesn't have a spot. Where's his spot when you're playing? I, the DH is universal now. You almost need to improve that DH spot later in the year to to get another bat that's more complementary or more consistent to help this team. But you don't you don't go to improve the DH spot. You when you look you at this add, team, maybe you do. They're deep. They're deep in a lot of different places. They're deep in yeah, a lot of different places. You're not adding a guy with the intention of DHing him. You're at, you, you'd add a position player with the intention of that's adding more depth and rotating into DH. I would be shocked if they acquire someone who's a. I don't even know who that would be. Joey right? Gallo like, for Nelson Cruz. Person? Straight up, let's go. Huh. <laughs> um. It's not crazy. Joey the, Gallo has uh, no future on this team. After wanted, this year, he's gone. So you you yes. do what you need to do to improve this team. And if you improve that's that, that's why DH you're spot, almost at a point where yeah, you wave Gallo. Like what? What is the point? Like okay, you're gonna you're gonna trade him. You're gonna eat some salary, and you're gonna get what for him? I can't I can't imagine. Like I know um, who would we just say Jeff Passan's talking on on Michael K show about oh yeah they they'll get something for Joey Gallo who the hell is going to give you anything for Joey Gallo Logan how much is Nelson Cruz making this year I- I'm just going to use this as an example just because I think it's fun the if, if someone like that that you you could flip him you could flip him and and eat some of that contract I have a feeling he's not making very much money so when you when you're looking at uh, a guy like Joey Gallo and you're trying to improve. The positions where they're, he's making fifteen million—that's more than I thought. The um, you, then yes, you could improve the DH spot. As the year goes on, the Yankees are going to have to. They're very deep right now. They are. You look across this team; they have depth in different places. The depth that's, that's doing well. So you need to find out what's going to improve you at the end of the year to, to sustain something, uh, to sustain a playoff lineup, to get into the the playoffs. And DH might be one of those places where you look to improve. So another thing I was looking up, I was trying to find how many games. So Stanton, when he started playing the outfield last year, it was right around August 1st. And I was trying to figure out how many games he played in the field versus how many games he DH'd. And I'm looking that up right now, and it actually looks like it's about split between um, outfield. He played some left field, but mostly right field and and DH. Because um, I was wondering. You're saying uh, second half of last they, year is what you're looking at? Second half of last yeah. year, when Stanton started playing the outfield, I was wondering what the split was, and it seems to be about a fifty percent split, which is what they're doing now, which I feel like is what they're comfortable max, yeah, like their max amount. And and that's fine. Again, like that's that's keep him productive, keep him in the flow of the game, keep him healthy. And if that's the case, if that gets them to uh, you know, into the playoffs with a with a healthy Stanton, then you can you can increase that um, that playing time a little bit more at that point because you know all everything's on the table. Uh, and and he's ready for it. All rules go out the window sure. in, in a playoff series. Yeah. And then to continue on this DH versus position splits, Donaldson has a 780 OPS when he's in the field and a 604 OPS, which is terrible when he's DHing. Baseball players like to so play again. Baseball. You go back to, but you go back to okay. So if if Gallo's not going to be DHing, it's like he's really not that valuable in a lineup i guess he would play against righties but who's and if stanton's in the field then who's dhing like it's not like you're getting a ton out of donaldson so my point is donaldson or lemayhu but one of those guys could could be i mean lemayhu needs a needs a place to play too 
Go, Joey Gallup doesn't have a spot in the lineup, man. When you when you put I, out your I best know lineup, he doesn't. he's not even the number. So, he, yeah, he's because you're. I would I would say that Donaldson or Lemayhu would get the start over over him, righty or lefty split. Certainly against lefties, no doubt about it. But even against righties, like the split between Donaldson and Lemayhu, whoever's not going to play third base, um, I, I'm I'm looking for more more consistency rather than like you know just the one pop because both of those guys can give you a little pop. We're crapping all over Joey Gallo, yes, and fun. rightfully I love so. Doing it. But Donaldson has not been much better offensively. That's fair. So, so why does Donaldson get to play, deserve to play, and and Gallo doesn't? I don't know what to tell you. I test. Joey Gallo is <laughs> a high fastball still- away from striking out every single time. I, Joey Gallo against I, it's so easy to strike Joey, out Gallo Joey Gallo against I don't playoff, know why every pitcher doesn't Joey Gallo out. against playoff pitching sounds like the worst scenario that that I've ever thought of. I hate it. I'm not I hate disagreeing with it. you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I do not want Joey Gallo in a playoff lineup. I don't even want him in the dugout. Never so mind. Josh Never Donaldson, mind. Joey Gallo, gun to your head. Someone's got to get. A, someone's got to get a. a someone's got to make contact. Yeah. Who is it? I mean, everybody's taking Donaldson. Definitely. Right. But I like, could give you the, any the offensive scenario. Are, I think people are taking Donaldson. But but like Donaldson's been bad offensively. Yes. That's my point. So you're not bending over backwards to also to get Donaldson in the line. No. So in, in in a playoff series, you might sit Donaldson, DJ at third base. Obviously, then you got Hicks out in left field, right? Like And that's my point. That I, is my point. Why why the Yankees, and I understand that it's not something that's normally done, but they may look at that DH position and look at a bat. And just a bat, because they have flexibility in the field already. That would be that would be that'd be surprising. That'd be crazy. I mean, I guess they did it when they brought in um, uh, Encarnacion. Yeah, they did. But that this but team was a disaster. And you you bring that guy into a team like this now, and you're like, watch out. You know, Stanton was was not hurt when they brought in Encarnacion. I thought he was. That was 2019, correct? Wasn't Stanton hurt like all of 2019? I don't remember. I know that yeah, uh, Encarnacion definitely faded, but like big time. It was fun at the time when they acquired him. It was fun. Get the the parrot. The parrot gift was one of my favorite that I've ever made. We've also got some Hicks splits. Left field, 810 OPS. Center field, 547 OPS. Aaron Hicks is your starting left fielder. <laughs> it's uh it's a mental it's a it's a mental thing like it is for for glaber at shortstop with hicks and center field. and apparently he can throw the ball harder from left field too yeah immediately his arm becomes better the clock. but i i think it's like actually you know in all seriousness we've been joking around about some of this stuff but the way that they have been able to rotate these position players and get a lot out of the lineup as a whole but get a lot out of each of these individual players i think has actually been really good this year Totally agree. And I think that a lot of the, this credit has to go to Aaron Boone and the staff and the way that they've, the, the way, the way that they've approached this, um, and, and gotten their guys in. Everybody seems like they're in a good rhythm and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on from this, this, uh, these numbers? No, just credit to Boone, man. Like this is more like, you know, we got to give him some flowers. Stop I'm going to give him that, flowers. Okay. I'm going to limit you to like one per episode. You can't say credit to Boone more than once per episode. Okay. Please. It's, it is nauseating, but credit to Boone. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Big series this weekend against the Astros. Very much looking forward to that. 
Submit those mailbag questions at bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. We'll be answering the mailbag questions on Monday's episode. Also call the voicemail line, 646-480-0342. You can tweet us, Instagram us, which I don't even know if anyone checks Instagram, so probably don't Instagram us. <laughs> uh, we will talk to you on Monday. Scott, any last words? Let's beat the crap out of the Houston Astros, please. Sounds good. Talk to you in a couple days. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.